Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. It's all too easy to take for granted all the wonderful things we've been blessed with in our lives. The author I'm talking with right now explores this in her new book, Oliver Henry's Good Luck. The author is Dr. Anderson, and she's right here with me now. Renee, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Corey. It's so nice to be with you. It is very nice to be speaking with you. Can you tell me all about Oliver Henry's Good Luck? Oliver Henry's Good Luck is a little tale that came to me to help emphasize how we overlook the very things that we need that are right in front of us because of complications of the world or how we look at things. Mm -hmm. And um, if we stop just a minute to see what God has given us, that we see we've been supplied with everything we need. Mm -hmm. What gave you the idea or the inspiration to write this story? I guess it came from personal experiences years ago, going through a difficult time in my life and thinking that the world had fallen apart and not understanding the concept of gratefulness and listening to a uh, actual already broadcast defining the reason for the title of the book, The Color Purple is that God didn't have to make flowers with colors, but for our enjoyment, and we needed to stop and be grateful for what we have. Hmm. And that helped me to start my steps out of my area of depression and being grateful that the sky is blue and that I can see it. Being grateful that the flowers have fragrance and I can smell it. And it really walked me to the levels that I'm at today, being just grateful. Wow. What sort of a reading audience did you have in mind when you wrote this? When I started writing it, I just started writing it. Then I thought, oh, I'm writing it to at the beginning of human experience, which would be children. Hmm. Once I was a uh, high school teacher and being a teacher, well, I was a professional in aerospace first. And then I went back to teach at high school. And when I went back to high school to teach, I learned, oh, my goodness, this is where we all learn our behaviors at high school. Hmm. And this is where the adult behaviors end up in the workplace, because I was a manager in um, the aerospace. And so taking those past experiences in my life and then realizing that the sooner that you can talk to children about the important things that they'll need when they're an adult, that is the best time to do it, because they're so open and willing to learn whatever parents are teaching them. And gratefulness is one of the biggest keys that we could teach our children. Mm, absolutely. About how long were you working on this one? Oh, this book took me, I'm going to say, about about a year to be done, done with it. Yeah, I'm right on it for a month. I think I'm done. And then I go back, hmm, well, now I could do a little bit more here on this or that. But to be completely finished with it and ready to submit, I think it would have been about 12 months. Hmm. Have you ever done anything like this before? Have you written or published before this? You know, actually, I have not, not on an enjoyable level like this, but I do write for companies like Policies and Procedures, and I've written certain learning aspects for my high school students or in aerospace, but not, not at this level. Uh, certainly a, 
different style of writing than you're used to. What would you say was the most challenging part of it? The most challenging was conversational. Hmm. I've never had to write a conversation. I've only written, as I stated before, like policies and procedures. We shall do this. We shall do that. And never with what's coming back. So being conversational and making it enjoyable and readable, that would have been challenging. So it took a little bit to get through that. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of listeners out there right now who want to write their first book. Do you have any words of advice you could offer? I would say, like in my case, which I do say to anyone, write what you find is you're passionate about, and then eventually the words will come. And like, I'm very passionate about being grateful to what the Lord has given us. And so it was a little bit easier to even get past the conversational part because your imagination will step in and help you fill in the blanks. Hmm. Have you given any consideration to maybe a sequel to this book or further writing elsewhere? That's interesting. I had not thought about a sequel until <laughs> several people asked me, okay, what else happens to Oliver Henry? And I really, oh, so as of lately, yes, I have been thinking of a sequel because quite a few people are really interested in Oliver Henry and his learnings. So I go, oh, okay, that sounds lovely. Now, when you're writing, you know, it's a long process, and it's often just you and the computer or you and the paper. Did you have any people in your life around you who knew you were taking this on and could encourage you, inspire you, keep you motivated along the way? I do, and that would be my sister. Mm. She is um, my best inspirer when I want to sit down and, and just, you know, sit in the corner for a while because I can't think of anything else to do. She's a great cheerleader. She is really my best and dearest friend. So my sister, Jamie, is who helps keep me going if I get stuck. So what did it feel like? What were you thinking whenever you got the first copy of this in your hands? When I got the first copy, I was a little bit stunned on how a vision of mine years ago is now in print. And I kept going, wow, there's Oliver Henry, <laughs> who I was looking at kind of thing. To actually see the scenes in color. That was really amazing for me. Mm -hmm. mm, that's great to hear. The name of the book is Oliver Henry's Good Luck. It's written by Dr. Anderson, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Renee, thanks again for being here with me on the show tonight. I had a nice time learning about Oliver Henry, Oliver Henry's Good Luck, and the possibilities for him in the future. It was just really nice chatting tonight. Thank you so much, Corey, for having me, and I really enjoyed the time with you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Author Kevin Johnson is here with me right now. His new book examines the current state of law enforcement. It's titled The Crumbling Walls, What is Wrong with Law Enforcement in America? Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell me all about what you've written in The Crumbling Wall? Yeah, you know, it's about my experience with being a law enforcement officer for long enough to retire, but the frustrations that I saw with just continually doing or watching administrations do the wrong thing and wondering why that was. And after getting to the point of being able to retire, being basically pushed out the door because I just wouldn't go on with the way they wanted things to be. I really appreciate the perspective you're taking on this. I, I noticed you make it a point to say that the book isn't about putting down law enforcement individuals. It's about tackling the law enforcement subject as a whole. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the men and women on the street are literally killing themselves out there to, to try to keep us all safe, and they're not being supported like they should. So what gave you the idea or the inspiration to write this and publish it? You know, again, the frustrations of, of great law enforcement officers with great ideas not being supported, but when new chiefs of police come in, the first thing they promise you is exactly what they're not going to do. And then, you know, after a, a career of doing it, figuring out why that is and basically having a system that doesn't support stopping crime because crime pays. Mm. Have you ever done this kind of thing before? Have you ever written a book or been published? No. Had I done it before I could retire, I certainly probably would have never made it to retire. About how long did it take you to write this and then put it through the publishing process? I started writing, you know, a couple of years because I didn't just sit down and do it all at once. The publishing process didn't actually take very long at all. Hmm. That was pretty smooth once, once we got it going. How did it feel? What were you thinking then whenever you got that first copy in your hands? It was emotionally exhausting mm -hmm. because I had held so much in for so long. And then to get it down in, on paper and then to actually see it done, it was, like I said, it was just, it was exhausting. Mm -hmm. But relieved, you know, relieved that it was, it was, for, it was finally for real. Mm -hmm. Law enforcement, it is a hot topic right now. Were you met with any resistance when you published this? No, not yet, you know, because I think, you know, if you read it, if you're a good cop, you're going to agree with everything you read. If something in it bothers you, then you may have some inward looking to do. Mm. So now that you've done this for the first time, I'm sure you learned a lot about the process. Would you have any words of advice for the aspiring authors out there? People have talked to me about it and said, you know, what do I do? You know, what's the first step? And I said, you know, the first step is to just write it. Mm. Because when I got with Fulton Books, they walked you through the rest of it mm. with figuring out what to do and where to go and what to do with it. They made it easy. And it was someone you could call. And so for people that want to write something, just write it. Put it on paper. Don't worry about how it looks. Just write it. And then they'll take it from there. Something that is very wise is that you partner with a reputable publisher, you know, someone who knows all the ropes and knows all the hoops you got to jump through and get a really great quality book out there. Yeah, actually, um, I have a friend of mine that did a, a self-publishing, and it took him forever, and he didn't have many questions answered ever mm. that, you know, I could call a publisher. What do I do about this? What do I need? You know, what do I need to get that done? Mm. It's answers at the tip of his fingers where he would have nobody to go to, and it wasn't a pleasant experience for him. He walked away from it like, yeah, I won't do that again mm. because it was so hard for him, and I don't have that at all. You know, I would do it again in a minute. You know, it was that simple. Well, that's fantastic. That's the next thing I was going to ask. If you had another book in you, if you're thinking of doing this again. Yeah, you know, and people have asked me that also. I want to see what kind of reception I get from this. And then, I, you know, I've got some, some other experiences, very positive experiences I had as a police officer that I could share that may be able to help some people. So, you know, I want to see how much negativity I get from this topic, but... Yeah, I do want to share kind of a lot of the positive community stories that we came across in, in my time. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Yep. I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called The Crumbling Wall, What is Wrong with Law Enforcement in America? It's written by Kevin Johnson and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Kevin, thank you so much again for joining me. I really enjoyed learning about The Crumbling Wall. It was a nice time chatting tonight. I appreciate it. 
A Love Song Just For You is a book that's in stores now by Gloria Johnson, and Gloria is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Gloria, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be speaking with you. Could you tell me all about A Love Song Just For You? Well, it is really a book about a book. It's about the book in the Bible, Song of Solomon. Hmm. The goal of the book is to try to encourage believers to have a stronger personal relationship with the Lord and to recognize how precious we are to God. I came to want to write about this after I pondered some readings in the Song of Solomon. The Lord shared revelations with me, and I just felt in my spirit that I just had to share with others so that they could also try to grow in the Lord and to understand more about who we are in Him. Who would you say your ideal readers would be? Well, I believe the book is ideal for everyone for boys and girls, men and women, believers and non-believers. Jesus said that he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Mm. And he also came to give us an opportunity to have a full relationship with the Father again. And John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So this book is for whosoever. It's for everybody. And the goal is to try to encourage everyone, all of God's creations, to have a personal, closer walk with the Lord. Hmm. Now, when it comes to writing and publishing, have you ever done anything like this before? No, this is my first time writing a book, something totally new, totally new, have never done it before, but I'm so excited that, you know, I was able to accomplish it Mm. and pray that it uh, glorifies God and help to advance the kingdom of God, because that's my goal and my desire. About how long were you working on it? Oh, it took four years. I started in 2018, and... I probably would not have been finished yet, but a couple events happened that prompted me to get busy. Hmm. One was the death of my brother, Daniel, I'm sorry. in December 2019, and another was the pandemic in 2020. And with those two events, I realized that, you know, time is not promised. Hmm. We are all here for a certain season, and while we are here, we should be about the works the Lord has sent us here to do. So I thought about, well, he had given me this topic in 2018, and I had been lagging, lagging. But after those two events, I decided, let me get busy and move on through this. Mm. It did take a little while, but thankfully I made it to the end. Mm. After all that time and energy spent on this, how did it feel? when you got that first copy in your hands? Well, I was thankful and, of course, prayerful, you know, praying that it would be a a blessing to many and that God would be glorified, that the kingdom would be advanced, because that's my desire, To It's not about me. 
It's not about me making an accomplishment or making a name for myself. I want to advance the kingdom of God. I want men and women to know him for themselves, to have a personal relationship with him. And if I can do anything to help advance that, then that's what I would like to do. Hmm. I just feel honored that the Lord would use me to share his word in a written form to be a blessing to others and to try to advance his kingdom. And if it's just one person who is blessed through this book, it is worth it. I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called A Love Song Just for You. It's written by Gloria Johnson and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and down the street at your local bookstore. Gloria, thank you so much again for joining me here tonight at the show. I really appreciate your time, and I had a great time talking with you. Thank you. I enjoyed it as well. Author Wyatt Matthews lays out his extraordinary life story in his new book, Recollections of a Troubled Mind. I'm really happy that Wyatt is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Wyatt, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you very much, Corey. I'm so happy to be here with you. Now, in your book, you've laid out, like I said, your extraordinary life story and all the changes that have come about. So can you tell me what's in the book? Well, really, uh, it's about my childhood, and I had some difficult experiences during my childhood. And once I got through all of them, I started to look at things a little differently, and I realized they weren't really problems. They were just challenges. Hmm. And when I was able to conquer each and every challenge, I felt like I was really blessed. And so I ended up with so many blessings when I became an adult that I just knew that I someday I would, I would tell my story and write a book. And the other reason was because my children were always asking me to tell them stories about my life. And then as they got older, they would say, Dad, you really should write a book. When are you going to write a book? <laughs> and so that's what basically happened. Uh, but the inspiration uh, is when I found an old photograph of myself as a baby in one of my mother's scrapbooks, very small little photo. It's the one that's on the cover of the book. Mm. And I had polio and I was wearing a leg brace in the photo, the only photo of me that I have as a child. And so when I saw that scrapbook, it really inspired me to tell my story going from childhood all the way to adulthood and try to show that everybody has challenges in their life and you actually can overcome them. And through my faith, I've always had strong faith in God, I always have. That really got me through it. And I thought it would be good if I could share that with other people. Wyatt, I really appreciate your perspective that you're taking here. A lot of people, I think, would see what you went through in childhood, the, the family dynamic and the health issues, and see them as things to get you down and might be resentful of where you are in life. But You've seen them as challenges and opportunities for growth. It doesn't seem intuitive to think that way. Where did that come from? Well, I believe it really comes from different people that we meet throughout our lives. And if you're lucky, you know, even if you don't have a great parent, you still can end up with somebody else that can mentor you. And in my case, it was a, a care worker hmm. that came in and watched me when I was very young. This care worker had a great impact and influence in my life. She was extremely religious, carried her Bible to work with her every day. And when she got through with her work, we would sit down in our living room and she would read the Bible to me. Hmm. 
The Bible was the first book I ever read in my entire life. So she would sit around, I mean, for hours and tell me stories and then ask me if I understood what they meant. And I would explain to her, well, I think it means this and it means that. And she would be so excited and she would get so happy and she would clap and laugh and cry. And she would say, oh, you're going to be a preacher someday. And I never forgot that. And as I got older, I found myself in different types of careers, but I was never able to really get up in front of an audience at church. I just felt not made for that. I can write, but I don't like to get up in front of crowds. So people would always say, why don't you get up and preach? And I'd say, no, I have to do it my own way. Mm. So writing the book was my own way of doing it. The name of the book is Recollections of a Troubled Mind, written by Wyatt Matthews, and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your reading material. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Wyatt, thank you again for joining me tonight. You have such a wonderful heart for using your experiences and everything you've gone through to reach out and help people. And I love that you're donating part of the proceeds to some very special causes. I had a great time talking tonight. Thank you, Corey, and say hello to all my friends in the beautiful state of Pennsylvania. I'd like to welcome author Deanna Wells to the Reader House Author Roundtable tonight. Deanna, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. You've written a new book. It's called Farrah's Underwater Adventure. Could you tell me all about it? Yeah, it's about a frog named Farrah who accidentally stumbles into the lake when she's making a jump. And then instead of getting scared, she decides to discover what she can find. And then she makes a few friends along the way. Hmm. What gave you the idea for the story? It is very similar to experiences that I have had by moving around and making new friends. Hmm. I thought it would be a great experience to share with other children that are growing up, going to new schools or experiencing new things. It's a great message. I understand that you've illustrated this as well, so you're using multiple talents here. What was that like for you? That was a lot of fun. I cut up pieces of paper to make the picture. That's wonderful. I like the original art. It looks really fantastic. Have you ever done this kind of thing before? Have you ever written or illustrated a book like this? This is my first published book. Congratulations. How does it feel now that you can say, hey, I'm actually a published author? Thank you. It feels great. I feel like it was a great accomplishment. Mm, absolutely was. Did you have an age range of children in mind? I would say all children up to, and not limited to, maybe second grade. I think it's a great bedtime story. Mm. Do you have any advice now for the aspiring authors listening out there right now? Could you offer any words of wisdom? Yeah, definitely. Keep on writing and save all of your work because you might look back and think that was something I would like to publish one day. So have you given any thought then to writing and maybe publishing more in the future? Yes, I am brainstorming as we speak. <laughs> That's wonderful. Could you tell me what sorts of thoughts and feelings were going through you whenever you got the first copy of this in your hands? I was jumping with excitement. I thought it was super cool to finally see the finished product. Often it's helpful if you have people around you in your life who 
know that you're taking something like this on and they can offer inspiration and motivation and just kind of can keep you going along the way. Did you have people like that in your life? Definitely. My mother and father were very encouraging throughout the process. My mom was actually the one who said that I should write a book about my experiences of going to new schools growing up. The book is definitely here because of her. (laughs) Mm, That's wonderful. Often when you're a writer, it also means you like to read a lot. Would you call yourself an avid reader? Definitely. I love reading new books. My grandma even has a bunch of books that she gets from her other relatives, and then she'll hand them on to me to read as well. Hmm. Now, when you sit down to write, is it an easy thing for you overall, or do you sometimes get writer's block and have trouble getting those words to come out? Oh, yeah, I definitely get writer's block. Sometimes I just have to write out different parts of what I like and then just write things without judging what I'm thinking Mm. to see what good can come out of it. And then after that, I work through it. I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called Farrah's Underwater Adventure. It's written by Deanna Wells, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Deanna, thank you very much for joining me tonight. I had a great time learning about Farrah's underwater adventure. I'm looking forward to what you have in the future. It was a really nice time chatting tonight. Thank you for having me. It was nice to meet you. Apostle Clement Mbouye looks to break the chains of spiritual bondage in his new book, The Road to Your Deliverance and Restoration, Understanding a Curse and How to Break It. I'm really happy that Clement is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Clement, thank you for being here with me tonight. Well, thank you for having me tonight. Can you tell me all about your book, The Road to Your Deliverance and Restoration? Yes, sure. The book, The Road to Your Restoration and Deliverance, is a book that helps you understand what a curse is and how to break it in the light of the scripture. Mm. And where did the inspiration for this come from? The inspiration came from uh, the things that I have been through myself in life spiritually and how God was able to set me free and the things that I have seen happen in other people's life as well. And then that was where the inspiration came from. What sorts of readers do you think would be ideal for this? I think it's uh, people who have been dealing with spiritual bondage and going through many struggles spiritually. Every year, it seems that they do not find answer anywhere else. And I think this book will be a blessing to them. Hmm. Have you ever done anything like this before, writing a book or publishing? No, this is actually my first book. I've never done any publishing before. Now, congratulations on having that first one out there in stores. It's a huge accomplishment. How does it feel when you look at yourself and say, hey, I'm a published author now? Wow, I feel great. And just the fact that I hold the book and just see what God has helped me put together this book that is going to believe that is going to help a lot of people who have questions. And it's really a joy that I have in my heart. You're right. Writing a book is certainly a lot of work, a lot of time. Yeah, it is a long time. About how long were you working on it? I would say about two years because I stopped writing in and then I stopped and then everything just came together during the lockdown. So I had able to sit down during the pandemic and really have time to sit and digest and go through what the inspiration that that God was giving me to write this book. So, and then until it was published. So it took about one year until Christian Faith Publishing published the book. 
And what would you say is the most challenging part of writing the book and getting the book published? The most challenging part is being able to sit down and write because we live in a time where we are busy doing many things and just sit down and focus on what you're trying to write. And that's the most challenging part. And being able to sit down and really focus and writing what you have in your heart. And then also the process of just the book itself to be published. Sometimes you can't wait, but the book has to go through a process to make sure that you got something good at the end. Have you given any thought to writing another and publishing more? Yes, I have many more books right now I'm working on because I believe after you receive healing and deliverance and restoration, like many people don't know their purpose here on earth. And I think discovering your purpose, what God has called you to do here on earth, that's the next step so that you can be in the right path. A lot of listeners out there are where you were before you published the book. They're looking to publish a book, looking to write their first book. What advice could you give these aspiring authors? Well, the advice I can give is just first know what you're about to write, your topic. And once you have your topic in mind, you got to find some time, even in our busy schedule, a list. You can write one or two pages a day because sometimes you can't sit in just one day and write a book. But at least if you're putting like two pages a day, and by the time you notice, you already wrote 50 pages, 60 pages, and then you go from there, just being patient and then going with the inspiration that you have, knowing that what you're writing, it's going to be a blessing to many people. Hmm. The book is called The Road to Your Deliverance and Restoration, Understanding a Curse and How to Break It. It's written by Apostle Clement Mbouye, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you shop for books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Clement, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a great time learning about this book and a really nice time chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Here now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'm sitting down with author Mary Walmsley. She's just released a new book. It's called Behold, Wedding Garments for a Bride and Groom to be Worn Twice. Mary, thank you for being on the show with me tonight. Well, you're quite welcome. Can you tell me all about Behold? Well, it is a book, as the title says, the title sort of encompasses the whole thing. It is a book about a new concept in wedding fashion rather than a white dress for the bride and nothing described particularly for the groom. This is a, an idea that came to me of God's plan for marriage is for a bride and groom to come together to make a covenant, a one covenant, the same word spoken by the, both by the two partners. And therefore, wedding garments that illustrated that concept might be a clever idea. Hmm. And so that's where it all came from. Mary, have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever written or been published? At that time, no, this was about 44, 45 years ago, and it came at a time in my life when I was divorced against my will and was really quite angry at the wrongness of it. Mm. And being a trained elementary school teacher, <laughs> I have a facility for thinking in simplistic terms and mm. trying to communicate simple solutions in a basic way. My sister at that time was the owner of a needlework shop which was located in a one-room schoolhouse. Hmm. And so I got the job as the clerk in this one-room schoolhouse, surrounded by all these needlework supplies. And my heart was broken, and my, my mind was filled with confusion and pain. 
And the Lord was in that schoolhouse, and he very gently and lovingly and kindly said to me, Mary, take a needle and thread, select some fabric, and just sit down and stitch. And with that loving confidence, which my sister echoed also, I just felt free to sort of explore the medium. And the first thing that I did was to create a white table runner with that schoolhouse. I made a little sketch of the schoolhouse and put it on fabric and then stitched that in white. And while I was doing that table runner, I was still mulling over this the rightness and wrongness of marriage and how can I say simply what is right? And that was when I had in my mind to do the wedding garments. And the Lord said to me, in a deep bass voice, <laughs> you'll not start the wedding garments until the white work is done, or neither will ever be finished, which is a truth which a lot of women know if they start one more sewing project before the first one is finished. So I squirreled away the materials for the wedding garment and completed the white work, and then spent a year afterward working on the wedding garments. Now, there's nothing like putting a lot of time and work into something and then finally seeing that finished product for the first time. So what were you thinking or, or feeling when you got your first copy in your hands? Well, exhilaration, of course. Mm. Very, very pleased with how it looks. Always a little disappointed at one or two things that I didn't think to do. Mm. <laughs> like one word added to the title of Chapter 7, which now reads just plain stitches, and I should have put the word God in front of it, because it should read God stitches, mm. because the Lord, while I was working on making these wedding garments, the Lord himself took charge of the needle mm. and did some stitching, and that is what is in Chapter 7, which is just absolutely amazing. But yes, the book itself, I'm well pleased and look forward to having many people near and far explore the truths that are in it. The name of the book is Behold, Wedding Garments for a Bride and Groom to be Worn Twice, written by Mary Walmsley. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Mary, thank you so much for joining me here tonight at the Reader House Author Roundtable. I had such a nice time chatting. Well, you're very, very welcome. God bless you. Dr. Joseph Morrison shares his extraordinary journey in his new book, From the Pigpen to the Pulpit, My Life Story, Featuring My Out-of-Body Experience. I'm really happy to be joined by Joseph here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Joseph, thank you so much for being here tonight. Oh, you are so quite welcome, Mr. Corey. It's an honor and a privilege. It's really nice to have you on the show, Joseph. Now, in your book, you've laid out your life story, this extraordinary journey that you've been on. Could you tell me all about it? Well, the book comes from decades of experiences from the baby crib to this current time in my life. And, you know, I had some hard times coming up. And after having my out-of-body experience and looking at the world and the condition is in now where so many people are calling wrongs right, rights wrong, and it all just put on my heart to tell my story because everybody have a story. Absolutely. How long did it take you to write this? How long were you working on it? Well, I have been working on it for 
quite a while. He told me to write the book maybe 15 years ago, the Lord did. and But because of church hurt and disappointments and different things, it kind of like didn't go as I expected it to go. But eventually I finished it and I put it in motion. Hmm. Is this the first time you've done anything like this, write a book or publish? Yes, it really is the first time that I have that's my first book. It's the first time that I have did anything like that, and it was an experience. But I just wanted to tell my, my story to point people to the Lord, to let them know that no matter what kind of life you was raised up in, by accepting Jesus and learning His way of doing things and applying them to your life, your latter will be better than your former, and you can reshuffle your deck for a better ending in life because everybody not dealt the same hands of cards. Hmm. It's a great message. It's a huge accomplishment to get your first book out there, and again, such a great message. Now, what did it feel like whenever you got that first copy of your book in your hands? Well, basically, it was very humbling because I did it just to let people know my my story and to it wasn't doing it to try to make no money or I just wanted to, the Lord just put it on my heart to tell people my story. That, encourage them to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and live by his word and your best is yet to come. Hmm. Have you given any thought to writing another book and publishing more after this? Yes, I do. I have one on uh, on the, on uh, uh, in process right now, and he told me to title that book. It's another one. That I don't know if I can say that or not, but yes, sir, I do have one, Mr. Corey. Well, that's fantastic to hear. What advice could you give now to people who want to get their first book out there? Well, what my advice to those that want to write a book is to just tell your story because you don't never know what people are going through. Hmm. Everybody got across the bear, and the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. And if you just tell your story, no matter how big it is, no matter how small it is, Somebody need to hear what you're going through and encourage them to just to hold on because God is never, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be with you always through the end of the world. Hmm. Were there people that you had around you in your life who knew that you were writing this and taking this big project on and could be your encouragement or motivation along the way? Well, actually, I never had anybody, I never told nobody I was doing this but my wife. She was basically my biggest encouragement, but I just tell my story because no, no, don't nobody know your story but yourself. And then when I got finished, she kind of read over it and helped me out a little bit, but as far as the grammar and different things, but I didn't really tell nobody because I done had so much hardships in life. You know, everybody you would think would be happy for you, not happy for you. Hmm. Well, it certainly takes a lot of courage to put your life story out there, but you are reaching out to help others, and we certainly recognize that and appreciate that. The book is called From the Pigpen to the Pulpit, My Life Story, Featuring My Out-of-Body Experience. It's written by Dr. Joseph Morrison and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your reading material, on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and down the street at your local bookstore. Well, Joseph, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a great time learning about your book and a really nice time chatting with you. Well, Mr. Corey, thank you for the interview and talking with me, and I really enjoy seeing what you're going to do after you finish doing what you do on your end, and maybe i get to talk to you soon again. Author Deb Valenis is chatting with me now. She's 
got a heart to see people draw closer to God, and she's written a book that she'll hope will do just that. Deb, welcome to the show. Why, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You've written a children's book, Tiny Tidbits for Tots. Could you tell me all about it? Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. The book is comprised of short stories which are intended to inspire children and adults as they read it for either story time enrichment or as part of their uh, daily family devotions. The stories offer a simplistic view and a bit of levity while touching on some everyday issues and concerns which many face on a daily basis. Hmm. How did the idea to write this come about? Was there anything in particular that inspired you? Well, I began writing these stories back in 2007 as a part of our church's Sunday morning worship service included in the children's message section. And it was only recently that I was finally convinced to combine the stories which I'd accumulated from 2007 through 2019 into a book format after having received so many requests for a combined volume. It seemed that others wanted to be able to read and share them with their loved ones. The actual publishing process took about a year and a half. Hmm. Did you have a certain age range of children in mind, younger or a little bit older? It varies, but it's, I would say it starts with children at the age around three years old. But I'm finding that the adults, as much as the children, seem to really glean something from the books, which is what really surprised me, to the stories kind of were originally intended to influence the children, but the adults were coming up to me after the services saying how much they connected with the messages as well. Hmm. Have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever written or been published? This is my first published piece, other than a few local venue pieces that I've done through the years, but this is my first book. Congratulations. What a huge accomplishment to get your first book out there in, in, in stores. How does it feel now that you say, wow, I'm actually a published author now? Well, I, I think it was a rather humbling experience for me, having taken such raw material and having that same raw material manifest itself into a completed project that had such an impactful and impressive item, such as this newly published book. It was kind of a surprise event for me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you given any thought to maybe writing more and publishing more in the future? Well, I do have enough material for another book of a similar style as this first book, Tiny Tidbits for Tots. But I also have enough material for a book of daily inspirations and affirmations. And in addition to that, I have enough material to complete a book of poetry. Now, whether any or all of these will actually end up making their way into a completed <laughs> and published work or not, only time will tell. It sounds like you like to write. Uh, does the whole thing come easy to you, or do you have a lot of stops and starts and get writer's block sometimes? Actually, it comes rather easily. I've been putting pencil to paper since as early as I can remember learning how to read and write. And these particular stories, when I was first prompted by my pastor to include them and incorporate them into the worship service, I would meditate on them for a few minutes prior to writing the message. And they would just write themselves virtually within a couple of minutes. So they really were effortless. And I think all the inspiration for that came from above. That wasn't a me thing. That was a God thing. Mm. Do you have any words of advice now that you could offer to the aspiring authors who are listening? Absolutely. Number one, ready yourself for the long haul. Trust your instincts. Listen to those whose opinions you value and trust. Take your time. Focus. Steady yourself and enjoy the process. Good advice. Thank you. That's often helpful if you have some people around you in your life while you're writing who can help encourage you and motivate you and keep you going because it's such a huge project. Did you have anybody in your life like that? 
My best friend and my husband of 26 years, George, has definitely been the most supportive person that I could ever ask for in my life. And he's just been phenomenal throughout the entire process. Hmm. I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called Tiny Tidbits for Tots. It's written by Deb Valenus, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Deb, thanks again for joining me tonight. I had a really nice time learning about Tiny Tidbits for Tots and just a really nice time talking with you. Thank you. I appreciate the time. It's an adventure like no other in space and time. That's the new book by Don Densmore. It's called A Comet's Tale. Quite tickety-boo and so true. Really happy that Don is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Don, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with me. Oh, I thank you um, for allowing me to be on your show, Corey, and uh, it's a pleasure to be talking to you today. Really happy to be talking with you as well. Can you tell me all about what you've written in A Comet's Tale? Well, A Comet's Tale is the journey of a comet from the Oort cloud. His name happens to be Calvin. And the travel that uh, he takes all the way through the entire solar system and returning back out to the Oort cloud. Done in, it's all, it's all poetry and very easy for people to understand. Hmm. So where did the idea or the inspiration for this come from? Well, uh, I was talking to a, another author that I know, and she had asked me if I had any ideas for some other books because she she's also a children's book writer. And so I sat down and I wrote out a couple of different ideas. And she said, I can't take your ideas. You need to do it. <laughs> so I went ahead and completed them, and, uh, and here's the first one. Have you ever done this kind of thing before? Oh, yeah. I have published three other books. Hmm. Were those children's books as well? Well... Yes, I would say so. I I did a science fiction book called Membrane. I did with the idea of having absolutely clean language and no situations that would be inappropriate for anybody. Hmm. Then I wrote something called Science Question Science, which is another poetry book dealing with different science concepts. Let me see, what else did I do? Oh, yes. It's called The Tongue Twister Experiments. Hmm. which is a teacher book and a student book that shows kids how to use tongue twisters to create a science experiment just from the information that is inside of the tongue twister. Wow. Now, in a comet's tale, did you have a certain age range of children in mind? This one was really uh, set, set in motion for children in the lower grades, but I believe it would be applicable to other people from young adults to adults just for something that they could use to help their kids learn a little bit more about science. And when it comes to the names that you've used in this book, Calvin and the Oort Cloud, was there any significance behind those? Well, Calvin came about because of the person, the other author that I had been talking to. She saw the illustrations uh, that were done by uh, Louise uh, Perez, and she says, you need to give that character a name. So I gave it a name. <laughs> and, you know, Calvin was good because, it, you know, Calvin, Comet, I thought that that would work pretty well. Hmm. You mentioned the illustrations and Louise doing those for you. Could you go through that process? Well, that was that was probably the longest process of getting things ready. I had been told about Louis Perez. He's actually out of Portugal and that he does extremely good illustrations for children's books. So I got in contact with him and he said he was interested. And that took uh, probably about three to four months 
uh, until the, the final uh, illustrations were ready to go. Looking down the road, do you have plans on writing more and publishing more from here? Well, I do. I do have another one that, that I wrote it around the same time as I wrote A Comet's Tale, but I wasn't satisfied with it, so I am redoing it. So hopefully, if I have enough years left to do it, I want to do a, make this into a series of uh, quite tickety-boo and so true books. All about science, all about kids to help them learn. That's fantastic. Would you have any words of advice now for all of the aspiring authors who are listening right now? Make sure you write it down. <laughs> you have to, if you, if you have an idea, whether you think you're creative or not, put it down on paper and just work on it and get it to a form that you think that somebody else might like to read it. Now, the writing and publishing process can take a lot of time and a lot of energy. What would you say is the most challenging part of it for you? Waiting. They <laughs> mm. have to have me do, uh, you contacted Christian Faith Publishing, and that took several weeks for them to respond back, and they said yes, and then you have to set up your contract, and that takes more time, and then it's about, it's been about a year. I mean, it takes time because the things have to be absolutely correct. Absolutely. You can't rush a thing like this through. No, no. You know, because you want it to be the best it can be. I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called A Comet's Tale, Quite Tickety-Boo and So True, written by Don Densmore and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you shop for reading material. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Don, thanks again for joining me tonight. Had a great time learning about a comet's tale and really nice time chatting. Well, I, I appreciate the call. You have a great night and bless you for all that you do. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.